The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher-level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest now. Tu Ha Chow is head of Fixed Income Asia, joining us from Rebecca here in Singapore to talk all things China and specifically the bond market. Wanted to get your broader thoughts, though, on the overall economy as we're continuing to face so many headwinds. And now we're seeing uh, the Chinese province of Sichuan extending these industrial power cuts to some users. This really lies into the effect of what more uh, stimulus we can expect to see from authorities. Today it's the LPR, but what's your view in terms of, of further stimulus we can see here? Yes, I think we, we think um, that it's going to have to look beyond monetary policies. And I mean, 10 basis point, I don't think mm. is um, going to be significant, given that we've seen most of the data is saying that actually demand for credit isn't the problem. Uh, you know, there isn't any demand for much credit. What You know, we're saying the cost of credit isn't the problem. So what we're looking for is for them to uh, go beyond this and actually start giving us some uh, more fiscal stimulus, preferably from the central government. And what would that look like? What would you expect there? I think we'd like, uh, obviously, more infrastructure spend. We'd like a much more concerted, uh, coordinated effort to help the um, you know, property sector. I know that there's lots that have um, been announced, but I think the, you know, we can definitely see that with, from the data we're seeing is that that's not really feeding through and, the, you know, on um, the physical market has to turn around before we can get much more confidence that the economy is on a more steady foot. Uh, Ed was talking there in the news about Singapore relaxing some of the COVID restrictions, which will pretty much bring Singapore back to pre-pandemic levels Mm -hmm. then. And that has been a very vast turnaround in the last year when we still had borders shut this time last year. When do you see China making such an incredible pivot and how is that going to change the dial here in terms of opening up the economy and and creating broader economic growth when we're so far from that 5.5% target? Yes, I think uh, it's it's going to have to um, depend a lot on if they can get the vaccination a bit better, and of course, maybe potentially some um, some drugs that would be help you know uh, helpful for for the COVID situation for those who have not been vaccinated. So I think, I mean, what I'm hearing is that 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 could be on the cards for uh, early part of next year. Uh, obviously, after the the National Party Congress as well. So I think that could be what we're looking at to see where things could really turn around for COVID policy. Um, 
And I think sometimes when we're feeling very low about China, I remind myself that only January this year, I was feeling very depressed about Singapore and mm. thinking, are we ever going to, to resume normality? And what we do see is that when we do resume the normality, it happens very quick and very fast. And I think that's the, that's what we have to kind of hold on to, the fact that yeah, once things are very... in place, we can turn around very quickly. <laughs> A very fast turnaround here in in Singapore. But when it comes to the overall Chinese economic outlook, what what is your forecast there in terms of growth? I mean, the the five and a half percent target has certainly been ditched. But are you more in that band of say three point nine, four point five percent? What's your outlook for China? Yeah, much closer to the three uh, handle than than a four handle, given you know everything we've seen, and given the fact that the, some of these things are beyond their control as well. Uh, particularly as you mentioned, Sichuan, the climate issue. I think we're beginning. I mean to look at climate, um, not only um, here in China, but even, you know, when we look across Europe, you know, it is a big factor, uh, one that I think could actually uh, be much, have a much more longer impact on inflation. Um, when we think about particularly this region, in, uh, food inflation is going to be very, very key. And some of these climate risks that we're seeing, you know, could have uh, quite a, a major impact on that, and particularly, you know, as I say, the harvest season now, but then this feeds into next year, and of course, uh, the gas prices on fertilizers. So again, uh, climate inflation still very much on the radar for this region. All right, let's talk about the China bond market. When you look at uh, shares in China, they're down about 6% over the past month, whereas an MSCI gauge tracking the rest of developing markets is up about 7%. And it's similar in the bond market, with Chinese debt up just about 1% compared with a 4% return from emerging markets, when does that, I guess, divergence change? Um, I think we need to see the physical market, uh, particularly for property in China, to turn around. And that's going to be very difficult, as we mentioned, talked a little bit earlier about COVID policy, right? So you can put uh, stimulus and stuff in place, but, you know, until people have confidence in uh, that uh, in the economy and the physical market is better, I think that's hard. That's the first step that, that needs to get taken. And then, obviously, a uh, um, number of steps that can be done in policy again uh, some fiscal stimulus I mentioned as well as much more coordinated uh, policy around funding uh, these are all those things that would need to help you know give um, that set- sector a much firmer footing and then of course hopefully uh, feed through to the rest of the economy but none so of those of things it- are quite there <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of it is about the property sector as you say uh, mm-hmm. when do you see a potential peak in defaults and I guess the worst behind us in the property sector um, I mean, the, the defaults are pretty, you know, uh, they're high already. Um, hopefully, we are definitely at the bottom, if, if you know, if not. Um, and certainly for the policymakers, that, that is their direction is definitely to make sure that, you know, we don't decelerate anymore and, and hopefully turn around. Uh, but I said, what can determine that is going to be the physical market. And that is still very cloudy at this moment. Um, it's not very clear. All uh, right. So we're know, looking at the, the, the conditions. To her, we're looking ahead to Jackson Hole 2 and what we're going to hear from the mm. Fed and how that plays into the rest of uh, the globe, I guess. You're talking yeah. about looking for some opportunity in, in some other EMs, but also in Indian high yield. Tell us what you like there. Yeah, but I mean, I think we, I mean, the, the Indian economy is holding up quite well. The uh, commodity, I mean, certainly with uh, oil a bit uh, lower, that's, that's helpful for that. But I think uh, just structurally, some of the... Uh, companies there are, are just kind of quite well positioned, There's particularly in the debt market, some of the steel uh, companies that we're looking at there and um, and a lot of the um, 
renewables, you know, again, very structurally uh, good, strong demand, and they're feeding into the whole idea that climate uh, mitigation, climate risk is, is going to be something that, uh, you know, is big uh, on investors' minds. If we do see the Fed succeed in clamping down on inflation without causing mm-hmm. a recession, what kind of areas of Asian credit do you see as benefiting here? So I'd say most uh, most of Asia uh, credit would be actually a big benefit. The IG obviously um, uh, segment doing very well. Most of the companies there, including Chinese companies, would actually even benefit uh, from that because um, you know, despite the slowing uh, of the economy and in terms of the most investment grade, the the fundamentals are uh, so the of the the companies themselves are actually quite quite strong. So that could that would also benefit, and say within high yield segments of it, uh, away from um, you know commodity names in Indonesia, in um, India, all benefiting. The only area that's a very idiosyncratic will be Chinese property. And that's going to need, um, you know, very much more Chinese uh, policy makers to, to work on that side. And are you confident that the Fed is going to achieve its target or are we facing potentially a, a big deep recession? I, I actually uh, think that they are doing the right thing. Certainly they're giving the market the the. Uh, very strong signal that they do not want inflation um, expectations to be embedded. And if that caused the market to wobble, it's probably going to be better than it would be if they let inflation out of control. So I think of the two evils, I think tackling inflation is probably going to be much more better for the market in the long run. And certainly to make sure that we don't get embedded. Tuha, it's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for your insights. Tuha Chow is head of Fixed Income Asia. Rebecca joining us from Singapore here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Success. It's discipline. It's teamwork. It's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing global wealth management and investment banking firms in the industry. Stiefel. It's where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.